Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. We're continuing our series um, on Next Level Living. That's our theme for the year. And uh, uh, those who have been around uh, since the beginning of the year have known that we have kind of gone through this series uh, week by week by week. We've talked about next level patience and next level compassion, next level vision, next level perspective. On and on we've gone through it. Uh, and we've been talking about this next level living. Uh, our spiritual lives, doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. We have got to, by the grace of Jesus, make adjustments in our life. We, we must accept the fact, and I think the majority of us here, or all of us, would accept the fact that we're not perfect. We have room to grow, lots of room to grow. I know I feel that way about myself. I want to do whatever it takes, by the grace of God, to move forward, to take my spiritual life to the next level. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better pastor. And on and on the list can go. I want to be uh, uh, to grow more in those areas of my life. But the truth is, it's not going to be just about me reading a book on parenting, although that might help, or reading a book on marriage or fill in the blank. It's about me resting in the grace of Jesus Christ and becoming more and more like him. That is next level living. And we've talked about many topics, and today we'll visit another one. So let's do this. Let's pray. Ask God to bless the message this morning. We'll jump right in. Lord, we love you. We thank you uh, for being so good to us. Please be with those who can't be with us today. Um, Lord, please, uh, those who aren't feeling well, um, please give healing, give strength. Bless our church. We thank you for it. Bless this message. Lord, I have no doubt that this message is going to be kind of challenging for some to hear. Help us to be honest with ourselves, be real with ourselves. Lord, be real with you. Lord, you know our hearts already, so help us to just be honest. We love you, we thank you, in your precious name we pray, amen. The human mind is amazing. It's amazing, it's incredible. Now listen, I am far, and you know this, I'm far from anything even close to a scientist, but even me, in my feeble mind and minimal knowledge about the human mind in a scientific way, I can say, in my humble mind, that, that the human mind is complex, isn't it? It's incredible. It's capable of so much. Even the mind of a child. Just, the brain is still developing. It's incredible. It can so, literally solve problems. we got to think about that sometimes. Think about the creation of God. He created us. The human, it can solve problems. It can empathize. It can feel feelings. Uh, it can learn new things. The mind is capable of so much. And to me, probably the most interesting thing about the human mind that it's capable of is that it can have memories. It can remember so much. I can remember vividly certain situations and instances in my life. In my mind, I can go back and actually see it. That's incredible. I remember as a young boy, I believe I was in sixth or seventh grade, uh, I was going to uh, Christian school in West Springfield, Massachusetts, and a small, tiny little, tiny little Baptist school. In my, it was my birthday. It must have been 11 or 12. And I remember getting a, you know, hey, Donald, you need to come out of class. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And my dad had taken the day off of work and had met me at the school and brought me for my birthday out to lunch. We went to White Hut in uh, West Springfield, Massachusetts, love that place. And then he brought me to the movies and we watched the first Pirates of the Caribbean. 
That's how old I am, right? I saw it in theaters. But I remember, I can go back and remember that specific, sitting in the theater, watching Jack Sparrow as his ship is sinking into the water. I, re, I can go back and remember sitting next to my dad watching that movie. That's the mind. I can go back to when I asked my, my now wife, uh, Marissa, to ask her to go to the junior high Christmas banquet with me when we were like 12, 13 years old, and, and she said yes. And then we went, and it was at the church, and we had a great time. I think we, we probably, maybe we didn't even sit next to each other. I don't even know what the rules were at that time. But I couldn't go back and remember that. I remember getting home that night, and we had had, like, cake with red frosting, and there was some red, there was some red frosting on my collar, and it was my, my family's big Christmas party, all the aunts and uncles and cousins, and they're a bunch of crazy maniacs, and I love them. And I got back at, like, you know, whatever, 9 o'clock, the thing was over, and I had my little suit on, and I, had, I used to wear a suit, and then I would always wear a hat. I would always have a hat on for some reason. And I had, there's a picture of me with my hat, my suit and tie, and red frosting. When I walked in the door, and my entire family, all like 30 of them, said, oh, that's lipstick on your collar. And they sang that old song, Lipstick on Your Collar, if you don't know it. They sang the entire song to me. I remember that vividly. I can go back to when my grandfather got saved at a New Year's Eve service in Holyoke, Massachusetts, when he went to the altar and knelt down and prayed. I remember seeing that. I can go back and see it. My engagement to my wife at Stanley Park. My wedding day at Mountain View Baptist Church. I can go back. I don't have to look at the pictures. In my own mind, I can go back and see these things. The day my kids were born, all the different hospitals, and obviously my most recent memories here at our church, our Baptism Sunday, our Open House Sunday, our Christmas Eve service when this place was just full. I can go back and visit those wonderful memories in my mind because of the capability of this complex human mind that God gave to us. And it truly is remarkable. It's wonderful that I can see those times and visit those times. But unfortunately, like everything, there is a dark side to this incredible ability. You see, for every precious memory that I can go back to, there's usually a painful memory as well that I just can't seem to forget, that you just can't seem to get away from. Times of loss, times of fear in your life, times of anger in your life. You can go back to that situation, maybe even rage, times of hurt. I can go back to moments in my life when I was wronged, severely wronged. My family was wronged. I can go back in my mind to a time when our son Seth had just been diagnosed with autism and we were in a different state, in a different ministry and things like that, but I can go back to a time in my life when self-righteous people began talking about Seth's diagnosis and his autism in a way that made it look like we were just using that as an excuse to get out of doing work. I can go back to a time when we, we had to face those challenges. I don't like those memories. I can take you back to, to several, many instances in my life when, when somebody or, or something bad happened to me because of somebody else's poor choice. And we all live there sometimes. We can all go back to times, you know, whether it's a parent or a co-worker or a boss or whatever, fill in the blank. We can go back, unfortunately, to those times when we were hurt, when we were wronged. And those memories sometimes feel even a little bit brighter than the good ones. We, we have a more vivid remembrance of those sometimes than even the good ones. But you've got to remember this, church, this truth. The grace and providence of God never force us to ignore reality. 
I want to read that again. I want you to think about this phrase. The grace and providence of God never force us to ignore reality. I used to live the type of Christian life that wanted to pretend that everything was awesome all the time. That life was just honky-dory, you know, happy am I, Jesus is mine forever. And yes, there's joy, but the truth is awful things do happen. Sin does rule in the heart of others. Maybe yes, in our hearts, but it does rule in the hearts of others. And we will often face the consequences of somebody else's sin. You have to hear this. This is a tough one today, guys. But because of the evil and darkness of this world, we are all affected by the brokenness of this place, by the brokenness of humans, of human nature, of people. And we will often face the consequences of somebody else's sin. Each one of you can remember times when you've been hurt, when you've been wrong, when you've been lied about. And each one of us more than likely has somebody or several somebodies that just the mere mention of their name brings our blood to a boiling point. The mere mention of someone's name or a picture on social media or or maybe they live locally and you see them from time to time. The mere presence, it just it gets to you. It, 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 you have to just avoid all topic of conversation about that person or several different people or whoever just so you can stay in a good mood. The truth is we carry bitterness often, church. We carry bitterness around like a wedding ring, like a ring on our finger to where it's been there so long you don't even notice it anymore. That's what bitterness is. We don't even realize it's there. Unforgiveness is deep inside our hearts to those who've wronged us, and we forget it's there. It's not like many of us, if we have someone that we struggle with unforgiveness or bitterness towards, oftentimes it doesn't consume our minds every moment of the day. But I'll tell you this much, when you try to take a step forward in your walk with God and your relationship with Christ and your life, oh, that unforgiveness and bitterness is a hook that keeps pulling you back. We try to take a step forward and we are instantly yanked back to that harsh reality of unconfessed and often unremorseful sin of unforgiveness and bitterness. It's not just unconfessed, but we don't even, we refuse to allow ourselves to have godly sorrow over it. We're unremorseful. But pastor, pastor, if you only knew what he did, If you only knew what she said, if you only knew what I've been through, if you only knew what what I went without because of mom or dad or this or that or whatever, I hear you, church. I'm with you. I've been there. And that's why the message today is on next level grace. Next level grace. Because it's impossible in our own human nature, strength, and ability to live with the type of grace that Christ wants us to. We cannot do it on our own. In 2 Corinthians 12, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. The scripture will be on the screen in a moment. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, a church that had a lot of things messed up, man. A lot of different issues. He had already written the first letter to them. He's writing again. There were false teachers trying to tear down the Apostle Paul's authority. But beyond that, there was so much sin evil, dark stuff in that church. And Paul had challenged and challenged and challenged. And the first nine chapters of 2 Corinthians is Paul going back. But the last 10, 11, 12, and 13 almost feels like a different letter of sorts, but it's all in one, one book. 
And at the beginning of 2 Corinthians 12, Paul is talking to them, talking to them, and he begins to be really honest with this church. He always is, but he begins to be even, take it a step further. And he talks about something in his life that he struggled with. He's not specific. He says, I, I, had, I have a thorn in the flesh uh, uh, given to me by God, he says, but something in my life. He said, I asked God to take it away three different times. This is the Apostle Paul. Praying a prayer of, Lord, deliver me from this thorn in the flesh, and he didn't take it away. Now, I love that the scriptures and the Holy Spirit of God who ordained this book didn't have it be something specific. It wasn't Paul saying, I had a bum knee, and I asked God to take it away, and he didn't. Or I had a uh, uh, temptation of lust, and God, you know, I, I, I still had to fight against that temptation. It said a thorn in the flesh. It left it very unspecific, because guess what? Now it relates to all of us. Now, whatever your thorn in the flesh is, challenge, trial, temptation, struggle, whatever it may be, we can apply this scripture. Paul said, three times I asked God to deliver me from this thorn in the flesh, and nothing happened. But what does he say in verse 9? And he said unto me, and I left the letters in red because that's what they are in the Bible. It's Jesus talking. And Jesus says to Paul, saying, hey, deliver me from this. Help me with this. Take away this thorn. This is my third time coming to you. And Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is enough for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, challenges, trials, fill in the blank, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I don't want to forgive when I've been wronged. It's not in my nature, and it's not in your nature either, by the way. But that's the beauty of it. Our Savior experienced every hurt that we could ever feel. Betrayal. Lies about him. Jesus, remember? We know the story of Jesus on the cross. Everything leading up to that. His friends deserting him, abandoning him, being mocked. Physical abuse even. Forsaken by his father. Remember, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Taking the blame for someone else's wrongdoing, ours. Feeling forgotten, feeling misunderstood, being taken advantage of. Advantage of. And after all of that and more, Jesus from the cross, blood dripping, says, Father, forgive them. Because of who we have living in us and living through us, I'm crucified with Christ, remember? We can forgive. We are capable. We have the power, and it's sure not of us. Ephesians 4, 32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Why? Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. It doesn't say forgive one another because, you know, you can, you can do it. It says, no, you can forgive because you've been forgiven. You can forgive others because of the kindness shown to you by God for Christ's sake. It is a miracle of grace for us, church, to choose forgiveness. It's a miracle of grace for us to choose forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice, and for some of us, it's a daily choice. But it must be chosen, church. Forgiveness must be chosen. Between unforgiveness and forgiveness, forgiveness is always the better choice. Listen, unforgiveness is the accumulation of unexpressed anger. It's the accumulation of unexpressed anger, and it's often denied. Ah, oh, no, I don't have any issue with them. I'm fine. That was a long time ago. When deep inside, we've never really dealt with it. It's denied. It's why it's often ignored. All the while, it is growing inside us like an invisible 
tumor, bitterness and unforgiveness. You ever try to hold, maybe you've been to the beach or in a pool, you have a big beach ball, and you try to hold it underneath the water, like try to push it underneath, and it's like impossible. And like when you finally, no matter how much you try, it keeps kind of popping up under your arm, popping up. That's what we try to do with our hurts, with our anger, with our unforgiveness. We, we try to just kind of push it under the surface, you know? And the problem is that the slightest shift of pressure, just like with that beach ball, the one sudden move and it pops out, the slightest shift of pressure and it flies up and it shoots out of control and we lash out, we crumble down, we are slaves to this. We need the grace of Jesus through us to forgive. That's next level grace, the grace of Jesus. We need that to overcome bitterness and to forgive. Peter, in 2 Peter, is writing to fellow believers in his second letter. And the last thing he tells them to do is this. And it's in 2 Peter chapter 3, in verse 18. And he says to them, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in grace. Grace is an ongoing process of sanctification. It's God continually working in us. It's not just a one-time... Listen, do we receive grace when we get saved? Yes, but that's not where the grace ends. Thank God. It's an ongoing process of sanctification. In church, it is the will of God for you to live free of bitterness. It's the, can I say that again? It is the will of God for your life to live a life that is free of bitterness. For you to live a life free of unforgiveness is exactly what God wants for you. He wants you to live a life free of unforgiveness because he knows how, how much that can tie us up. He doesn't want you to be a slave to somebody who hurts you, who often, sometimes, sometimes don't even realize that they did. You could be carrying offenses and that person has no clue at all. But Jesus Christ is your freedom. Jesus Christ is what sets us free. We're saying who the Son sets free is free indeed. In church, for some of us, in our lives, the clock has stopped in our life. We are stuck in that moment when it happened. Whatever it was that generated bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart, you're kind of stuck in that area. I've seen it time and time again, and I'll say this, I lived there. I lived in that zone for a long time without even realizing it. Not really ever growing. Not really ever moving forward in my life as a Christian, as a man, as a husband. Because I was so tied up in bitterness and sin and, and, and I didn't even see it. I've talked to people that are there. Stuck at that time when they were hurt or abused or neglected or abandoned. I've been in that place of forgiveness. But it was a beautiful moment when I realized, church, that I didn't have to live there. I didn't have to live there. He gives grace to forgive. He gives grace to go on. Not acting as though it never happened. Because, listen, that's not true. But resting in his truth. Let me, let me say this, church. Although some of us have been sinned against, unforgiveness is also a grave sin in the eyes of God. 
And oftentimes, unforgiveness will bring more hurt and more pain inwardly and problems that the, than the original sin committed against you. We live in some forgiveness, and it, it brings even more pain than what was originally done to you. Hebrews 12, 15, uh, uh, the scriptures say, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring, spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Our unforgiveness, our bitterness, doesn't just affect us. If you're a parent, if you're a spouse... You don't even realize what your bitterness and unforgiveness can do in the hearts of your spouse or your children, your friends, your family. You're not alone in this. By the way, it's the norm for most people. Most people, if they were honest with themselves, have some form of resentment, unforgiveness, or bitterness in us. I want to jump ahead to where we're at. Church, it's a tough one to preach. Most of us have this. We mask it with laughter. We bury it with busyness. But if we got honest with ourselves and God, we are not free. We're not free. We sing it, free indeed, deep in our hearts, deep in the caverns of our heart where no one knows that we are still slaves. And when you live, church, when you live with unforgiveness, you live hostage, or, or, or whatever, maybe it's, you can, however it's labeled, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness. When you live with unforgiveness, you live hostage to the pains you've endured, and you give those pains, you give them the liberty to define who you are, define where you're headed, and how you get there. Read that again, church. Think about this. When you live with unforgiveness or bitterness, resentment, fill in the blank, you live hostage to the pains you've endured and you give them the liberty to define who you are, where you're headed, and how you get there. The truth is, the sad truth is, church, that everybody gets hurt. Everybody gets hurt. Jesus said it, didn't he? In this world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. But what does he finish with? But I've overcome the world. Our only hope lies in realizing that we do have a choice about how we respond to life's circumstances. And it's Jesus Christ. He is that living hope, church. He is that living hope. I'm going to finish with this. God, we think about God and, and the cross, Jesus. God didn't forgive us just because of his kindness and love. Now, the Bible does say God so loved the world that he gives only begotten. So we know that that's part of it. We can be forgiven of our sins because of the love of God, but it's beyond that. The reason God forgives any of us is because of Calvary, because of the cross, because of the agony that Jesus felt because of us. Imagine what God the Father and the Son, His Son, Jesus Christ, must have endured that day when our sin, your sin, my sin, suddenly for the first time ever interrupted their eternal fellowship. But that is how our forgiveness was won at Calvary. 
The scriptures say, in him we have redemption through his blood. Forgiveness isn't meant to be free and easy. Look at the cross for proof. It is costly. It is painful. But that's the only way it can be real, church. Like God's forgiveness. Real enough to change us. Next level grace. You know the story of Job and all that he faced. Remember all that that he faced? He lost all of his land, his wealth, and his children. His children died. And guess who knew all about it? Guess who allowed it to happen? God. God knew what was going on. Remember the, the enemy? The devil said, Job only serves you because you take good care of him. I bet you if you took everything away, he'd curse you. And God gave the okay. And Job endured some of the hardest things anybody could ever face. God knew about it. So whatever crisis, church, you are facing, whatever you are faced with in your life, no matter how painful, how scarring, how challenging, how tough it was, or how tough it is, you have to realize God could have stopped it. But he didn't. God could have stopped it. But he didn't. You're like, well, that really get, makes it all the more harder, Donald. Why is that? Why is the story of Job in the Bible that shows God allowing things like that? Because church, I'm telling you, listen, this is where, this is where you have to really dig deep and rest in Christ because it's a hard truth to live. In those times of pain, in those times that often bring unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness. We often claim verses like Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. And yes, that's a beautiful verse and a wonderful verse, but sometimes it just doesn't seem like enough, does it? You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's going to work it out for good, but I don't see why it had to happen in the first place because it's not really helping me any. Go to the next verse. How can, how can Romans 8.28 be true? How can he make good out of something bad? And the answer is found in the following verse. In Romans chapter 8, in verse 29. Think about it. The verse ends, All things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Verse 28, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed changed, made like to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Stay with me, church. If you're a child of God this morning, the ordeal, the trial, the struggle, the challenge that you're facing or have faced in your past, however wrong or unfair or heartless it may be or may have been in his providence with his skillful hands, it will be used to take you somewhere good, somewhere better, deeper into his heart, to a place of greater dependence upon him, a place of greater trust in him, more perfectly refined to the image of his son. Church, and that must be our desire. That must be our heart. That must be our life is, God, I know what I'm facing is hard, and I know you allow it to happen, but God, please make me more like you. 
Think of Calvary again, all the pain, the hurt, the atrocity of it all. Who could let that happen? Who planned this all out? Who could see any good coming out of the crucifixion, out of Calvary? All the hurt and tears and blood that was shed and unfairness that surrounded the whole process of Calvary. Who planned all this? Only the God who could see ahead to the resurrection. Only the God that knew what was coming. He knew that he had to have the crucifixion for there to be a resurrection. There had to be a death so that there could be new life. And it's the same in your life. You may not see why, but you must rest in him and rest in his grace and let his grace, his cross, set you free from bitterness, unforgiveness. Make the choice to forgive, even though it might cost you. Choose to believe the God who is greater than the sin committed against you. Can I say that again? Choose to believe the God who is greater than the sin committed against you. Because church, it's in the fire. It's in the fire where we really get to know Jesus. And some of you have lived that. Some of you are living that. Rest in that. In the fire where we really get to know Jesus. So today, so today, starting today, let's practice next level grace. Let's choose forgiveness. That person that wronged you, they may never know that you've forgiven them, but you will. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your home. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.